Hello and welcome to Are UFOs Real with T.L. Keller. This edition of Are UFOs Real is brought to you by the Total Novices Guide books. I'm T.L. Keller, author and former aerospace engineer at NASA's Jet Propulsion Laboratory, British Aerospace, and Douglas Aircraft, among others. On this program, we'll be looking into the myths and realities of unidentified flying objects, what most of us call UFOs. Why do people continue to report sightings of UFOs? Why do they report abductions, crop circles, and other highly strange events? All opinions expressed on this show are the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of webtalkradio.net. And by the way, if you're a skeptic or you've had a UFO experience of your own and would like to appear on this show, at the end of the program we'll announce how to contact us. So strap yourself in and buckle up. You're in for a ride of your lifetime. We have a special show for you today. Our guest is Kat King. Kat is a lifelong contactee. She's had contact with various types of extraterrestrial beings beginning at age five and continuing right on to the present day. Kat is a certified hypnotherapist, non-denominational minister, and a health and wellness specialist. Now you may rightly ask, well, what exactly is the difference between a contactee and an abductee? A contactee is a human being who has communicated with extraterrestrials, usually by telepathy. Contrary to the experience of abductees, contactees have often had a very loving experience with caring and apparently altruistic extraterrestrials. Abductees have typically had a frightening and often emotionally shattering experience. Now, extraterrestrials come from various parts of our galaxy and, believe it or not, from other galaxies. They may be short or tall, thin or stocky, and may exhibit traits of a totally different evolution. Many are short and gray in color, and these are called the grays. Some are tall and gray or pasty in color, and these are called the taller grays or the tall grays. Some evolve from reptiles, and as bizarre as it may sound, some apparently evolve from insects and look like praying mantises. And finally, some, called the Nordics, look just like us. Uh, welcome, Cat King, to Are UFOs Real? Thank you, Tom. It's great to be here. Thank well, you for asking me. I'm very pleased that uh, you could be with us uh, tonight. I understand that uh, you have uh, actually witnessed uh, more than one type of extraterrestrial being. Is that correct? Yes, it is. Um, how how did you happen to uh, um, first start? This must have, I assume, uh, started uh, at an early age. Is that right? Yeah, it, uh, all of my life. I can't remember not having it. I never knew exactly what was happening, and I didn't really talk about it because I found out right away that people didn't want to hear that or they kind of looked, <laughs> excuse me, looked at you funny. 
Yeah. But uh, yeah, all my life, I've I've had little little guys running around, and um, we actually got a picture of one of them the other night. Well, it was about six months ago, and it was just a freak deal where I was teaching a friend of mine how to call in orbs. We realized that we got a, like a little gray alien in the picture. I see. And we ran back outside, and, and there was static electricity everywhere. And I mean, there was tons and tons of stuff that was going on, but we only saw him in the picture. We didn't see him with our eyes. I see. So, in other words, uh, he wasn't, uh, this being wasn't visible, uh, but it did appear in a camera. Is that correct? I don't know if he was visible or not, but he was kind of in the tree. So it wasn't like we were looking in the tree, we were looking up. I see. So maybe it would have been if we looked that way. Uh huh. When did this, uh, at what age did uh, you first have an experience with extraterrestrial beings? Well, I had an experience when I was young of, um, I was probably about five, and um, I was sleeping or not really sleeping, just kind of laying there. And I looked up, and there was a human form standing next to my bed, and I thought it was my sister. And I just told her, you know, quit bugging me. I thought she was teasing me and go back to bed. So the figure just walked towards her side of the room and out through the wall. And I always thought it was a ghost. And um, But I don't have any other experiences with ghosts. And then when I was, um, oh, God, I think I was in, Fourth, it was the summer when I was in fourth grade. I we'd see. We'd gone camping, and it, my parents had. Well, this is another incident. When I was that was when I was five, but when I was in fourth grade, about ten years old, going into fifth grade that summer, um, we'd gone camping, and my parents were setting up the the campsite, and I went out into the forest and was just playing like I always did. And I remember standing underneath a tree, and all of a sudden a wind came up, and I still love wind and, and leaves. And um, the next thing I knew, uh, it was, I was in fifth grade, and I was sitting in a classroom, and I kind of came to, and I have uh, no memory of almost a year of my life. I see. And and when you were five years old, uh, how did this uh, being appear? Uh, height, uh, weight, um you know, physical appearance. It had a human form, and I assumed that it was my sister because it seemed female. And as it walked across the room and out through the wall, I realized that it wasn't my sister, but I didn't get... It was late at night, and it wasn't... uh, There were no lights on. I didn't get a real clear picture of it other than slim, short and able to walk through walls. I see. Was this, um, as uh, some um, uh, abductees have said, they're about three feet tall or so, and gray uh-huh. and bald? Is that is that correct? Well, some people have said that. I, You know, I, can, I couldn't say that's what this being looked like. I have no idea. Oh, I see. It, it, since it was yeah, dark it was, in, that, in a yeah. dark situation. Right. Okay, and did it did it seem to have uh, uh, was it? Um, uh, but what sort of height do you think it uh, was? Well, I was five, and my sister was ten, so probably I don't know how how tall are you at ten? Um, no, she was eight. No, she oh. was eight. I, you know, I I honestly don't know. 
I see. It wasn't very tall. It would be a child-sized tall. Child-sized tall. Okay. All right. Well, fair enough. And then this being uh, was in your bedroom, and then it literally walked through the wall. Yeah. Left okay. left the building. <laughs> okay. All right. Did um, you have? Did was there any uh, further uh, uh, recollection that you had with regard to this particular uh, first experience? No, you know that one, except for being too scared to even call my dad. You know, it it's really a non-event for me. I mean, I've got so many other things that have happened that were just completely out of this world. Okay. And what happened when you were about 10 years old? Uh, that one I have been regressed on, and I was on a ship, is what the regression was. This is uh, uh, presumably an extraterrestrial craft, is that right? Correct. And it seems like my job was to uh, interact with these children who were hybrids, and the, the most... Uh, important part of that memory was that the um, there was one point where I started crying and it was Yvonne Smith who had regressed me and she said, well, what's going on? And I was just so sad and I said, oh, my friends are sad. They're going to die. And so, you know, we're kind of exploring that. And then all of a sudden I said, wait a second, they're not sad. I'm sad. They're trying to explain to me that there is no death. And they kept saying, because when I was a kid, they taught me something that we used to call think-talking. In that think-talking, you know, we could communicate without speaking, but in this one, they wanted to make clear what they were trying to say, but they didn't speak real well, and they kept saying, there is no die, there is no die. And then they took my hands and they were going to, my hand, and they walked me into this other room, and they were going to, show me that there is nothing about, there's no death for them or for anybody. And so we went into this room and it was, um, one side of the room was, was round and there was one large tank on that one wall and there were three babies in it and there was no separation between the babies. They were all floating in the same fluid. And then in the middle of the room, there was a round tank. And in the round tank, there was a, a baby that was um, had reptilian uh, DNA, I guess. And then the other babies were more what we think of as hybrids. Okay. And uh, so then an elder came in, what we call them elders, and uh, he was a little bit taller, he was older. And I don't know if the black box had anything to do with it, but he had a black box in his hand. And my friend that was dying was standing on one side and the tank was on the other side. And this blue flash came out of my friend and it seemed like it went into the box and then into the tank. And that little hybrid baby came to life. Mm -hmm. And when I turned around, they had taken the body of the other one away. And, and I just knew because I could already think talk with it that the baby was my friend. He had... And they were showing me how you just change clothes. And that was, that was I love that one. <laughs> well, let me, um, let me uh, just back up a little bit. Um, now, this was when you were 10 years old. And what uh, first happened uh, in this experience? I was with my family. We were camping. Okay. And it was just that night? 
No, not at all. We had just gotten there, so it was probably sometime between noon and 1 o'clock. I see. And how is it that you were taken aboard this uh, craft or spacecraft? Well, they were, yeah, they were setting up the camp, and I took off, which that's the way I, I've always been. You know, I got out of the car. I was hyperactive. I was a little tomboy, ran out to go play in the forest. My sisters would always stick close to my mom. But I, I love the forest and animals and whatever. So I was a ways out, and standing underneath a tree, I felt something. I was standing under a tree, and when I looked up, all of a sudden this wind came by, and, and, and that's the last thing I remember, was looking at the leaves. I see, and, and then um, suddenly you were ab- aboard the craft. Yeah, but see, I didn't have memory of that until my regression, which was only about a year ago. I just knew that I had a year that I couldn't remember. I, I can type the names of all of my teachers and all of my friends for uh, kindergarten up to sixth grade, and the fifth grade I have no memory of. Mm-hmm. Do you consider yourself to be a contactee or an abductee? In other words, um, uh, some um, individuals who have said they've had this experience have simply said that they are a contactee and they were willing uh, participants in this experience, whereas others are uh, consider themselves abductees because they were taken against their will. So what is your perspective on this? Probably a contactee, I take it. Absolutely. Absolutely. I have never, even before I knew about UFOs and, and, you know, got involved in studying more of what the phenomena is, I, I've always said, you know, if they were going to hurt us, they have the technology to get here, we'd be dead. So, I mean, what's the big deal? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so I, even before I understood anything about this whole field, I was defending them. And I okay. think it's because part of me did remember that they were my friends. Mm-hmm. Now, you've described in this particular experience at age 10 uh, that there were uh, smaller uh, beings and that there were taller grays. Is that right? Correct. Or, or um, let's what I call elders, I think, is the word you used. Exactly. Is that true? So what was their height approximately? I don't remember them being a whole lot taller than we were. Okay. So they so might have been five to five elders, and a half feet? Well, the elders were not hybrids. Okay. Uh, well, yes, agreed. Um, I'm trying to get a, a sense of um, who the elders were, uh, and then we can talk about the hybrid uh, aspect of it. But these okay. being, this being the elders, that is, uh, were like maybe five or five and a half feet tall. Is that right? I don't think right? they were that tall. No, maybe five feet. Five feet. I, I don't. Yeah, I don't remember them being five and a half feet. They were maybe okay. five feet. All right, and they yeah. they were have had a gray um, appearance. No, no. They actually we used to call them the whites. Oh, the whites. I called them the whites. Yeah, their skin was very very white. Very light. Okay. All right. And did they seem to uh, since they were called elders? Presumably they were more or less directing the activities of the shorter beings. Is that right? Well, the shorter beings were the baby hybrids. They were the children. Okay. 
Well, let's address the, uh, you've used the word hybrid um, several times. Um, basically, hybrids, when you use that term, uh, these are beings that have uh, been, uh, have where they've taken the alien uh, DNA, if you want to call it that, and human DNA and combined them to create a hybrid being. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. And what did the hybrid beings look like? Very, very large eyes. Some didn't have any hair, and some had like real wispy flyaway hair. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Thin. Didn't really look human, but sort of looked human. Mm-hmm. Uh, were they wearing clothes, or were they apparently without clothing? Yeah. No, no, no. They always had wore clothes. They had clothes yeah. on. Yeah. Mm hmm. Okay. This uh, description that your um, that uh, you've made uh, is very similar uh, to Doctor uh, David Jacobs' descriptions of hybrids. Are you, are you familiar with his work, Secret Life uh, and um, the Threat? I know who he is, and I saw him speak at Mufon. Uh huh. But other than that, I don't really know too much about the details of his work. Mm -hmm. um, he describes um, hybrids as uh, being um, basically in uh, in several different uh, stages of uh, development, but uh, the ones in earlier development are more uh, alien-looking than human-looking. They have uh, wispy hair or... Um, and they have large eyes, and they're they're wearing some kind of uh, a, a a dress in in many ways, exactly. sort of a nightgown. Exactly. Yes, they had well a robe or dress. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and uh, according to some um, authors, uh, there are these uh, uh, maybe walls of uh, incubators. Now, you've described uh, one uh, of these tanks where uh, I believe you said three uh, uh, hybrid um, fetuses were stored. Is that right? Correct. Okay. And then in another tank in the central room, you mentioned uh, uh, a type of uh, reptilian um, hybrid. Is that correct? Yes. So that would have been a, a combination of uh, some other life form, presumably. In other words, uh, reptilian, um, something that had uh, evolved from, uh, let's say, uh, the the dinosaurs, uh, combined with human DNA. You know, I I wouldn't know what the source was, but I got the impression that it was another race, and that they were blending the human. DNA with different races, and, and that was the reason that they had different tanks. Um, actually, it probably was, uh, well, reptilian and some form of human. Oh, but I What see. I'm saying is that okay. the, the tank itself, where the one baby was by itself, mm -hmm. had a different... It, it was a different type of an alien. I mean, I you know, it wasn't the same as the tank with the three. 
Okay. And that's why it had to have its own tank, because probably the fluid would not have been compatible. Yes, I understand. I understand what you're saying. Did you have any experience with any other um, extraterrestrial beings of different races? Uh, you mentioned uh, uh, the, the grays, the tall, uh, tall whites, and uh, reptilian, possibly. Uh, have you uh, okay, experienced... Now on, the whites, on the whites, they weren't the tall white. They were... Okay. They had the look of a gray, but they were white. Okay. All right. It was not gray. It was white. And their eyes looked like puppy dog eyes where they look at you and you just, oh, they're so cute. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like if you uh-huh. look at a puppy dog, puppy dog looks at you like you're the best person in the world. That's how they would look at us. I see. Very loving beings. These were not the cold, the cold grays. These are... Look like grays, but they're white. All right, um, Kat, could you um, um, hold on for a few moments, and we'll be right uh, back with you. T.L. Keller's "Are UFOs Real?" is brought to you by the Total Novices Guidebooks. Would you like to know more about UFOs, but are afraid to ask? Why do so many people still report UFO sightings? Why are they even here? A new book, The Total Novice's Guide to UFOs, introduces the reader to the world of unidentified flying objects. You may have accepted the stories of weather balloons, hoaxes and optical illusions as the explanation of the UFO phenomenon, but just take a look at The Total Novice's Guide to UFOs and your worldview will change. This large format book is printed in full colour with more than 500 pages of fascinating reports of UFO crashes, ET abductions, crop circles, and UFO-related stories, including the testimonies of 10 military officers who experienced UFO events and extraterrestrial beings. The Total Novices Guide to UFOs also explains why they are here and who pilots them. The Total Novices Guide to UFOs is jam-packed with stories and reports from well-known UFO researchers such as Linda Moulton Howe, Timothy Good, Stephen Greer, Travis Walton, NASA astronauts Edgar Mitchell and Gordon Cooper. The Total Novices Guide to UFOs is available on the internet from the totalnovicesguide.com, amazon.com or from your local bookseller. Okay, we're back with uh, Kat King. Um, did uh, What else did you experience aboard this uh, craft when you were uh, 10 years old? Um, you know, we've we hear various uh, stories and reports from different uh, contactees and uh, abductees as well. Um, did, were you were you taken to different rooms? Uh, was this strictly uh, sort of like a show and tell? Um, did they perform any kind of uh, experiments on you or sampling or anything like I that? No, no, I have no memory of that at all. The only thing that Maybe, I don't have a timeline on this, but maybe happened at that time. Um, I was at the conference, the the Congress in Laughlin, and I was sitting next to somebody and talking to him, and this other person on the other side of me turned around and just out of the clear blue sky said, so what does it feel like to fly a flying saucer? And I was talking about flying airplanes. And so it caught me off guard, and it did kind of make me a little angry. And so I just turned to him and I told him, I told him in detail, I told him, you know, how you hook up to the machine, the the craft, 
what it feels like, that you could do loop-de-loops and you wouldn't feel a thing, that you never have to sit down because you're there so quick, just on and on and on, told them all the details. And then I thought, oh, maybe I better, you know, stop, because I thought I was making it up. But I didn't know where all the words were coming from. It was like a memory that was breaking through. And um, so I stopped and I looked at him. His mouth was open a little bit. And he asked me if I knew who he was. And I said, no. I'm not going to say what his name was, but he was a very famous astrophysicist. And he said, that was not a dream. Well, I see. And, and so I was just going, okay. And then right after that, all sorts of memories just started flooding through. And that's when I started getting more involved. Uh, you know, the the one thing that that I am most known for, or I was a few years ago, is um, an experience that I had in Israel. And when I came back, I started receiving teachings from these beings. And they're just profound, just unbelievably profound. And um, I was given my own radio show, and I did share that for a while here in Los Angeles on the on the radio, and then um, I wrote a book, which I'm, re- I'm rewriting. I'm going to re-release it. But basically, the, the teachings are about us and about the need for us to move forward because as the world moves forward in this higher frequency and as our technology work moves forward um, to more and more using our brain, having intuitive types of uh, machines, we have to make these changes. So they they talk about removing shame and fear and guilt and and uh, you know the the real meaning of uh, certain spiritual principles, such as you know most people think that that what you need to do. I mean, I hear this so much: is all you have to do is love everybody, you know. And and I call them the Chesrillias and and. You know, they're saying there is no such thing as just loving somebody. Love is not an action. It's a state of being. And they teach you how to get into that state of being. And it's the same thing with forgiveness. You cannot forgive somebody because it's not an action. It's a result. And, you know, just a lot of information like that. So, like I said, I'm I'm rewriting that book and it will be out soon. Okay. Now... Has come. Um, how did they uh, go about contacting you, or how do you go about contacting them? I assume this is all telepathic. Exactly. I can talk to them the same way that I'm talking to you on the phone. And it's not that I'm special, it's that I'm listening. That's all. You know, they, they gave me this whole we, we communicate in letters at times so that I can remember everything that they said. You know, they, they gave me a whole letter about choose to be chosen. Every single one of us is chosen. It's mm-hmm. just we haven't chosen to be chosen. And Why do you think they... Is, sorry, go, go ahead. Why do you think they chose you to communicate with? Exactly what the letter was saying. I chose it. Maybe on maybe on another level... Um, for whatever reason, I was listening. And all children can hear. All children are, are psychic, but it's knocked out of them. I spent so much time out in nature that I think that that's one of the reasons why I could still hear them. What um, do you think their message would be to us right now? 
you know, it all comes back to that ancient uh, saying, know thyself. It's, we, we, if we could figure out who we are, if we had a clue, now I've been studying with them since 1984, and I'm still struggling with it. And, and not struggling as far as understanding it, struggling it as in being it. But they're very, very patient. They're just saying, all you have to have is willingness. It's not about, you know, getting to the finish line. It's about experiencing each and every day and getting closer to understanding, you know, the, the Master's told us, you are God. Uh, you know, our Father was a God. I, I believe in the ancient alien uh, theory, mm-hmm. and I believe that, that we are star seeds and that we've forgotten, and once we remember, uh, I mean, we've heard of people who are like, Super, well, I, here's an example. I studied with someone named Master Zhou. Master Zhou is, is a uh, Qigong master. And he, he can start a fire from across the room, just with his hands. From across the room, just putting the chi in his hands and throwing it. There's so much we don't understand about who we really are. That's kind of where, where I think that humans are evolving to, especially mm-hmm. right now. Right now, we have uh, opportunity to experience something that only happens every 36,000 years, and that's that we're going through a change in a cycle, and this cycle is taking us into higher frequencies, and we see that. We see that the electromagnetic field around the, the uh, world is changing, our Earth, and that the planets are heating up. This is all in response to where our planet is in the, in the universe. And as we're traversing this, the energy is going to be different. And if you think about how the moon affects the moods of people, we're going into something a thousand times more powerful than that. A lot of people are going to think that they're going crazy. So it's going to be people like myself and probably yourself who have studied a lot of different things that will be able to help walk through people because they're going to think that they're going crazy. Mm-hmm. I'm sure um, a number of people would feel that way, particularly if they've never been exposed to any of this. Getting back to your experience at age 10, uh, where you um, encountered these um, hybrid uh, children, um, why are the extraterrestrial beings coming here and creating this hybrid race? I believe it's in preparation. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying this because this is what they told me. I'm saying this because this is my belief. They're preparing us. Uh, we are going to have to have different vessels when the time comes. I don't know how far into the uh, change the... Um, frequency change that we're going to need something like this. But I have a feeling these bodies are for us. Are for us? Mm-hmm. In other words, for our uh, spiritual improvement and enhancement? No, for our survival. Or for our survival. I right. see. They, uh, but they, they didn't explain... Everything is going to change. When the, when the frequency changes... The plants are going to change. The planet's going to change. All these things are going to change. And I believe because they showed me that little body, you know, 
dying. That's what we would call it. They call it changing their clothes. And, um, I, you know, I think that that's, we have that ability too. We just don't remember it. Everything seems so foreign to us because we don't remember. Okay. How can uh, the listeners uh, contact you? Uh, I have a website, which is www.catking.com. Okay. That's uh, K-A-T-K-I-N-G.com. Correct. Okay. I would imagine uh, a number of people might like to contact you uh, directly. Okay, great. Yeah, and the letters are going to be republished, hopefully, by April at the very latest. Do you have a publisher now? I'm going to self-publish. Oh, self-publish. Okay. And do you have a title? Yes, it's going to be Chesrilia's Self-Initiation. Okay, and can you spell that out, please? C-H-E-Z-I-R-E-A-L-I-A-Z. Okay. And that's the name I understand that you have given yourself to these uh, extraterrestrial beings. Is that correct? Well, actually, they gave me that name because I I needed to call them something. Uh-huh. And I realized that. And then as time went on, I realized that this wasn't their name, but it's a state of being. It's a state of consciousness. Now I understand it to mean a Christ realization, not in any biblical form. It's, uh, it's just the frequency that they vibrate at. And it's a Christ frequency. And all of them, it would be like, you know, I live in California, so I'm a Californian. Well, they live in, I don't know, Chesrilia's land, and uh, so that's the only name that they they use. The -hmm. reason that they don't give me individual names is because they say that humans are so willing to to worship anything and that there are brothers and sisters. There are older brothers and sisters. They're here to help us, and they do not want us to worship them. So without a name, difficult for us to worship them, and they're going to keep it that way. And so we're all related, in other words. Absolutely. Maybe that's the uh, takeaway from this. Okay. Well, thank you very much, uh, Kat. I uh, appreciate your being on our uh, show this evening, um, and maybe we can have you back to complete some of your other, or describe some of your other experiences. Oh, I very much wonderful. appreciate your being here. Okay, and thank you. All right. Bye now. Have a good night. Bye-bye. So what are the takeaways from this show? Maybe there are three. Kat King, based upon her experience, has been a contactee for all of her life. And this is a common experience of many such individuals. Contactee experiences can be very loving and spiritually awakening. Secondly, there have been and are multiple species or races visiting our planet from beyond Earth. And lastly, the hybridization program is a long-term process of creating hybrid beings from the DNA of alien beings combined with human beings. The objective 
apparently at least, may be the survival of both the human and extraterrestrial beings. Well, that winds up our uh, show for today. Are you a skeptic or have you had your own UFO experience? For those of you who would like to appear on Are UFOs Real? Please contact us at tkeller at dc.rr.com. Thanks for tuning in and staying tuned. We hope this and future shows will truly be mind-opening. Thank you.